Hey, Vanessa. Hey, Michael. Hey, get your phone. I texted you some ideas for the show. A while ago? Yeah, so just... Okay, do you know how long it's going to take me to scroll back to try to find that? I don't know. Do you have the search function in your text? No. (laughs) Nobody has a search function in their text. I've got BlackBerry and I have a search function. Yeah, okay. Boom, right here. Actually, that's not searched. (laughs) I can't share that, but uh, yeah, I do have a search function. Okay. BlackBerry 1, iPhone 0. And how many of those have you gone through in the last year? None. What's the female equivalent of a priest? None. Welcome to Fireproof Your Finances, a show with 30 minutes of real questions, real concepts, and real answers. Your hosts are Michael and Vanessa Markey, a husband and wife duo with a playful on-air dynamic and common sense approach toward teaching listeners how to take control of their finances. Michael is the numbers and strategies guy who is passionate about solving financial issues. The standard deviation, I mean, I would talk about standard deviation as well, but they talk about the, the beta, the alpha, the standard deviation of the particular uh, mutual fund allocation that we're looking at. Vanessa is the down-to-earth voice of reason, pulling his reins in. Okay, but your $5,000 couch isn't going to turn around and pay for something if you have a catastrophic event. This philosophy has led Michael to receive national recognition from being named one of the 10 most innovative agencies in the country by AM Best, to being deemed a local celebrity from Insurance Newsnet magazine and a hero to the insurance industry from Life Health Pro. He has even been given the Moving America Forward Award from William Shatner. And now, here are your hosts, Michael and Vanessa Markey. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Fireproof Your Finances. We are your hosts, Michael and Vanessa. Hello, everyone. So, hmm, I'm debating whether or not I want to talk about this. I think it's a good segue. I want to talk today about the dumbest things you've done with money. Right. Which means you're not debating this option at all. You're just saying you're debating it to then go full speed ahead. <laughs> Wait a minute. Throw the flag on the play. That's not. You think that's the kind of person I am? Literally, every time you want to talk about something that's going to be controversial, you go, I've been debating about this and, uh, you know, I just don't know. That's not true because in my head, I'm actually debating it. And off the subject, have you ever noticed that some people pronounce that controversial? Yes, because that's technically how it's spelled. I don't like it. I don't like it either. I like controversial. Like Schull. Like Herschel Walker. It would be like somebody saying caption, caption, because it's T-I-O-N. <laughs> Thanks, caption. Right. All right. So... The dumbest things we've ever done with money. And my segue into this. All right. I, you know what? I found a video. So let's, we'll start with this. Okay. I apparently don't know how to use technology. And if anyone's thinking that's what you get for using a BlackBerry, joke's on you. This is on my desktop computer. Here you go. Culture is now going after one of the... Let's make that a little louder. Let's give this one more shot. Here's a video from Fox Business 
You probably already guessed what it's going to be about. Let's dig back in. America's favorite children's books, schools in Virginia's Loudoun County, removing Dr. Seuss books from its annual Read Across America event, citing, quote, strong racial undertones. However, Dr. Seuss books will still be available in libraries and classrooms in the district. Joining us now, Patrice on Whoop. So interestingly, mm -hmm. I bet people are listening right now going, oh, he's going to dig into the books. I'm not. No. The, I wanted to use a little video, not that you can see video, it just makes the show a little bit more entertaining, not to just hear us talk. Correct. Well, and quite frankly, the six that they're canceling, I have, I think we own one of them. That's the only one that I've heard of out of a Dr. Seuss book. So you could say we're leaders then. Sure, <laughs> we just didn't get all the Dr. Seuss books. No, I think we probably do have them because I had them all growing up. Okay. And I we mean, have a couple boxes full of books that we just kind of... And we've got doubles and blah, blah, yeah. blah, but whatever. So here was my point, though. I'm taking the kids to school this morning. We're listening to the radio, and there's these morning show hosts. And uh, I was going to make fun of them. I, I'm not. I, I don't want to go there. And one of the hosts starts talking about Pocahontas. Okay. And she talks about... She in goes, relation to this? Yeah. They okay. got on a tangent. Who knew that that's what you do on radio? And... Um, no. <laughs> so she said, you know, I was watching Pocahontas the other day with my daughter. And they used the word savages at the beginning to describe the indigenous Native Americans. Okay. Probably because indigenous Native Americans was too long. Correct. And that was the thought process well, back then that's what what's this john smith and that's what the evil english settlers with the smallpox right called them but right. what is the movie pocahontas and so she said nope right there and that i knew we were no longer gonna watch pocahontas again that's off our shelf what is po I, I know there's several lessons but when it comes to savages in that movie they, 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 at first, the movie shows us how the settlers treated the Indians like animals and that like they were not, even, yeah, below human it, standard. There's literally a song that says savage is barely even human in that movie. Is there? Yes. Well, I might be changing my opinion. No. Uh. But, but what is the whole point there, though, is to show here's the mistake they made or here's what they thought. And then they, what does Disney do? They then, over time, show how that stereotype, how those preconceived notions were wrong. Am I, am, I, am I off base here? No, you're not. I mean, they basically took the story of Pocahontas and turned it into a kid's film and showed how Pocahontas showed her tribe that these, that, you know, the, get, the people coming in weren't bad and then showed the people coming in and Jon Snow that they weren't savages. Right. It's history, and, literally history. But to me, it was like, wait a minute, you're not going to show your daughter this. Why? Why not use that as a learning? First of all, I think the film teaches you, hey, they made an assumption about people who were different to only in the end find out how similar they are. Right. I mean, are we going to start getting rid of Free Willy because it shows animal abuse? You or might. are you going to let your kids watch Free Willy because it shows that a kid lets the shark out of the tank or the whale, whatever you want to call it? I mean, you might as well get rid of Nemo. Yeah. Why? I don't know. 
Dude, that's a, you're like, the I'm not even going to argue the this. The mom dies at the beginning. Get rid of Nemo. <laughs> but my Trump, am dramatic. I wrong here? It's like some of the best things that have happened in my life are learning from the mistakes I've made. Correct. And did that movie portray that looking at, you know, the indigenous population as subhuman was a mistake? I mean, the main character falls in love with her. Right. I mean, you could take this for any child's movie. Look at Monsters, Inc. They discriminate against children. I'm not okay with that. I mean... There's a struggle in every story. Correct. So... That is a dis- that's a and, story of discrimination. The and, monsters discriminate against humans. So that video, the little excerpt of the Dr. Seuss, and I haven't opened these books, and I don't know. So it's completely unrelated to that other than when I was having the conversation or when I heard it this morning, that's, you know, it translated to Pocahontas, which then made me think, why do we suddenly want to stop talking about our mess ups? Right. Why don't we talk more about the things we thought were right to later find out it was wrong? The ways of life, maybe the way you handle money, the way you treat other people. Right. I mean, quite honestly, I've thought about showing our kids the movie The Help. That shows serious discrimination against the African-American population in the 50s. They were treated like garbage. What, what is the help? It's a movie about... I'm messing with you. I'm totally oh messing gosh. with you. Go away. <laughs> but, you know, like that movie, they could learn from that. Yes, yeah. it's a little right. bit above their pay grade, but you take a person who recognizes the discrimination and gives it a voice and says, we can't do that to these people. You know, quickly, a couple years ago, I was speaking at an event that Tim Tebow also happened to be speaking at. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not bragging. It's not like, fine, we were on the same stage hours apart. Three days. You know, (laughs) golly. (laughs) And coincidentally, that's like the first talk you have come, you know, all of a sudden Tim Tebow's on the card and you're like, hey, you know what? I think I'll attend the conferences. But he told a story I loved and I've used with our oldest and I will use with our middle child and our youngest child. He said when he was about eight years old, his dad rented, do you remember? Braveheart. Yes. And he had him watch it and he goes, you know, now is it 20 something? He might have been 30 at the time when he was talking. I don't remember. He said, looking back though, that was really gruesome to show a child. Correct. He said, but my dad had me watch it and said, if you can find this kind of passion in your life, you will do huge, monumental things. And so his dad had him watch that movie about ad- and had him focus on adversity and passion. Well, and quite frankly, discrimination. And if you watch Pocahontas as an example and say, hey, learn from this mistake... It has. It can have a positive effect. We got to stop acting like we've never done anything wrong, or say, "Hey, if we get rid of this, it's gone." It's never gone. Right. Whatever you've done wrong, it's always there. Live up to it. Let's focus, not focus on it, but be real about it. And the same holds true in finance. We're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, I'm gonna share a story with you guys about a client of mine, a huge financial mistake they made, and how we can help future generations. You and I are each going to share today the dumbest thing we've ever done with money. 
Right. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. All right, let's take a quick break, and then we'll be back. Everyone knows I like to focus on quality. And they know I try to rein you in and focus on cost. It's rare to find both top quality and low cost at the same time. Think again. GRMusicLessons.com has a plan for every budget. Owned and operated by Tom Buffum, a Christian music teacher who played for the Grand Rapids Symphony, the Jubal Brass Choir, and graduated from the University of Michigan. He's been giving lessons since before we were born. Go to GRMusicLessons.com. That's GRMusicLessons.com. Welcome, everyone, to segment two of Fireproof Your Finances. Before we get into it, thanks, Global Auto Works, for fixing the truck and the car. And whatever else. And whatever else we bring over there. They do great work. You know, and, and by the way, to our listeners, we don't take on unsolicited, well, I guess, well, yeah, unsolicited uh, sponsors. Right. The sponsors we take on are businesses or services. I, I suppose they, you know, some have come to us first, but it's something we've used and we believe in. And we won't take on a sponsor who we don't believe in or have never used, have no uh, relationship relationship with. with. So, so anyway, that being, that being said, said, Muskegon Airport. Thank you. Although we haven't been able to travel. In a long time. Oh, we went somewhere <laughs> last year. I got upgraded. Flew only three times in 2020, and I've been upgraded to gold status with United. Right. That tells you how <laughs> bad the airlines need it. Um, but anyway. Don't forget, join us on Twitter. It's still there. It's not shut down, I don't think. I posted the last thing, so you can't get mad at me. What's our handle? At Fireproof Show. On. Twitter. Dot. Com. Why is it like pulling teeth with you? <laughs> because it's so dumb that you're like, Twitter.com. You know, I have clients that ask me if you have to put www before it still. You know, and that is fantastic. They weren't around when the internet was probably started because Al Gore wasn't around. <laughs> Al Gore has been around like as 300 as years. Just clients. ask yes. him. Yes. I know. So I've got a client. Um and I'm going to change the industry that he's in just to make it. I don't ever want anyone to feel like I, I, I think it would be hard for anyone to know I was talking about this person, but whatever. Still. So this person is in book printing manufacturing or whatever you want to call it. Okay. And he invested a ton of money into what seemed like a sure thing. And he was telling me this. This was a couple of years ago that um, I learned about this. He's like, Mike, you got to understand, this is what I do for a living. Everything lined up. Now, as an advisor, some of the details he shared with me from an outside perspective is like, oh. And I asked him a question, though. I said, it turns out that his his son is also in that same line of business. Right. In my example. Printing. Book manufacturing. Right. Printing. Printing. What's wrong with book manufacturing? <laughs> because that's not what it's called. How many printers but do you know? There's newspaper printers. Do you know anyone who runs one? No, I don't. So you don't know if I'm right. Okay. There's. I'm sure there's book manufacturing focus so they're all family of book manufacturers okay and don't look it up just 
<laughs> we're gonna go with it and i asked him have you shared this mistake with your son what do you say what do you think nope why because people don't like to share stuff like that we don't you know my we don't like to share failures but that's not entirely true my dad when he was about my age was in construction he was right. pretty much his whole life and he chopped off a finger right and it, it, there's like a little nub yeah and you know as a child i didn't have much more couth at five than i do now and so i'm pretty sure i poked and prodded to find out and i think for a while he told me it was like a, a polar bear accident or a shark bite eventually though as i started to use power tools he taught me what happened and what happened was well, flesh, bone, and saw, you can put the picture together. Right. And so, and he even caught me a few times later on in life, you know, when I was a teenager doing various projects. Because he was really big on, I can tell you're going to be able to make a living with your head, but you're going to know how to make one with your hands. Right. And I hated it at the time. I'm thankful for it now. But there was a few times that I was using the table saw in a way that you know translated into his accident and he would stop me and be like this is what happened look at my finger look at what you're doing here's what can happen i think it's natural that if you have a physical disparagement a physical accident you will teach others about it and what to do to try to make sure they don't go through that same pain that you did Correct. Why don't we treat money the same way? Why is money the taboo subject? Because it's embarrassing if you lose it. More so than a finger? I hope my dad's not listening to this. I, I'm not judging it, by the way. I'm not going, I always thought my dad was cool, but I knew he was only 99.8% of a man. No, I think the reason we're not losing... You're not going to that? I'm not going to. That's a joke. I I'm know. kidding. But I think the reason money is a hard thing to talk about for a lot of people is because, especially where I grew up, this side of the state, mm-hmm. you don't talk about money. You don't talk about politics. That's gone out the door. And you just, it's your personal thing. Like we've gotten yelled at for talking to our oldest about finance mm-hmm. and money and things like that. And it's like, no, he needs to know these things because he needs to understand it. Right. He's going to fail at some point. We all do. And even when you lay out the path and shape those behaviors, they're still going to do dumb things. Correct. Because it's going to still be, I know better than you do. Right. I won't make that same mistake. Right. But I think because money is such a large part of everyone's life, I mean, mortgage, car payment, student loans, income. Mm-hmm investments you're constantly looking at things that have a value if it explodes in your face it's more embarrassing i think so you know i look from a positive standpoint though and so many of you listening right now made less than what your children are making or will make right and yet they're saying there's a decline of, you know, it's harder for this generation, my generation, our generation, because we're technically millennials. We're at like the earliest edge of the years for, you know, the years of birth. Right. Um, but imagine showing your kids, my generation, what you've been able to accumulate 
with that lower income. It's amazing when you think of it that way. Like I have clients where they've never made more than 45 or 50,000 in a year. Their kids started out of college higher than that. Yet they've got a you know a, a retirement fund that's far larger than quite frankly what their kids are on trajectory if I adjust for inflation are on the trajectory to achieve themselves. Correct. Do you want to know why that is? It's just like the fountain of youth. It's the. No, it's because you and I grow up in the generation of I want it at the click of a button. Yeah, I can it's get the, it. It's and the now generation. I deserve it. Right. So give it to me. And you know what? And there's people going, ah, you don't deserve it. Look, get rid of that language. We got to take a break. Start telling people when they're doing stupid things with money. You can. How much more impactful is it to look at them and go, you're absolutely right. You deserve that new car, but you just can't afford it. Right. You deserve it. I worked really hard, by the way, in athletics. I put everything on the line. I achieved a high level of competency. I, you know, I played on our junior USA team. I played division one baseball. I was named top 180 players in the country. I deserved to not have my career end in injury after injury after injury. Right. It doesn't change it. Right. It's life. Things happen. You learn. I'll tell you what. I learned from that pain, though. And it was pain. But you learn from it. Mm -hmm. And you shape. Let's take our last break. And then we'll be right back. Everyone knows I like to focus on quality. And they know I try to rein you in and focus on cost. It's rare to find both top quality and low cost at the same time. Think again. GRMusicLessons.com has a plan for every budget. Owned and operated by Tom Buffum, a Christian music teacher who played for the Grand Rapids Symphony, the Jubal Brass Choir, and graduated from the University of Michigan. He's been giving lessons since before we were born. Go to grmusiclessons.com. That's grmusiclessons.com. United Airlines makes it easy to fly from Muskegon County Airport with a travel-friendly schedule and competitive airfares. Haven't flown from Muskegon in a while? Fly locally with a short commute and parking located just steps from the terminal. Check-in and security lines are never more than 50 passengers per flight. At the end of your trip, get your bags quickly and be home in no time. Flights depart daily at 6.30 a.m. and 1 p.m. Starting mid-February, the evening flight arrives at 11.20 p.m. to maximize return flight options from most locations. It pays to check Muskegon first at united.com. Welcome, everyone, to the last segment of Fireproof Your Finances. It's always a pleasure to be with you guys. Today, we're talking about stupidity and learning from your mistakes. Right. What did Pocahontas have to do with this conversation? It had to do with... You had a people that come over and they prejudged. And made a big mistake. Yeah. And they learned from it. So let's learn from our mistakes. It took a while. And let's learn from our financial mistakes. Right. Let's. If you chopped off a finger. Now, I really hope my dad's not been listening. But if you chop off a limb, you're going to teach people near you and important to you what to do to avoid that. Right. Do you want to know what's really funny? What? So, you know, my dad has had a wood splitter since I was like 14. Sure. My brothers use it. He doesn't say anything to them. <laughs> my sister and I use it. And it's, you know, you really got to be careful and you got to do this and you got to do that and blah, blah, blah. Guess who usually ends up having the accident because somebody's too worried about using the log splitter? Your dad hasn't had an accident. My sister had oh, one. right. She almost cut her finger off. I know. Yeah. <laughs> 
Which I is, you know, interesting because from a financial perspective, he's got a lot more to lose if the boys get injured because they do your installs. So you guys could Correct. lose. You could miss a finger and still punch the buttons on the calculator. Thank you. Well, you got to talk to text now. You could be like, hey, Siri, call so-and-so. You only need one finger to hit the Siri button. Touche. So as long as you keep your thumbs, you're good. Oh, my gosh. Okay, then. <laughs> Moving on. All right. Biggest financial... So talking about our mistakes, stupid things you've done with money. What's the biggest financial mistake I would say made? it's probably not like a one lump sum thing that I ever did. Uh-huh. But... I was broke in college. Okay. We, everybody's broke in college yeah. for the most part. I had a tanning package. When you were that broke was, in college? Yes. That was $30 a month. Mm-hmm. I could barely afford to eat ramen noodles, but gosh darn it, I was going to have a tanning package. But you are golden brown. Fantastic. And I colored my hair every eight weeks. And I, I don't know this because we actually didn't talk about it. I'm assuming though, like, aren't you supposed to like wear a special lotion when you go in the tanning bed? Technically, I couldn't spring for that. That was like 40 bucks pop. But <laughs> but seriously, like how stupid is that? Like I have in the to middle eat, of winter? Yes. I have to eat ramen noodles. So you literally tanned your entire body, but the only thing people could see was your face. Yes. This is even more of a waste of money. <laughs> so, I mean, like if you look back at that, yeah, $30 a month really isn't that much. But when mm-hmm. I have to eat ramen noodles morning, noon, and night at 25 cents a package, not yet. So I had three and I'm trying to think of the one. I want to pick the one that's most relatable. Uh, I was thinking about the car that I bought in college that was a summer car. I didn't need one, but I thought because I only used half of what they would loan me. Right. That made me, you know, smart. Yes. The second one I was thinking of is when I accidentally had gave one of our staff members a personal credit card for a marketing expense. COVID happened and I had it on auto pay out of, but it was a personal card. So we kept paying for a marketing piece. That right. you didn't use. Couldn't use. I remember that because you got mad. I guess I'm actually giving all three away. And I'm sure there's been an even dumber one. The biggest dumbest thing I can think of though. People often think they're like, oh, you know, you're you're good with money. In some ways, sure. Right. Um, and, and I guess in many ways. And we've been really blessed. I think God's been unbelievable like... I have to imagine sometimes he goes, seriously, guys, I gave you this. What are you doing? Like, knock, knock. Come on. Right. I'll give you that moment. A couple years ago. So we, as a company, market to people about Social Security, teaching people mm-hmm. better ways to take Social Security. And um, res- like anyway, one of the ways to market that was direct mail. Right. I'm a millennial. How did I not see that? People were moving to Facebook. We spent over $100,000. On a printer. So that we could print 20,000 postcards in two hours. Awesome. Right. And it's got a cutter. It's really cool to watch. Do you want to know what the last thing was that that thing printed out? Yes. Wedding invites. I know. For my brother's wedding. (laughs) We... I'm so dumb. I bought the, the... like when I say printer printer, this thing it's has massive. to have its own room. Right. We like when I started talking to the print, like the print company, they're like, N- "Mr. Markey, this is what a print shop would use." And I'm like, "I know. We print twenty five thousand postcards a month." Right. They're like, well, I guess this is what you need then. I bought a printer 
when it was obvious the world was moving to social media. Right. If I was running for president, it would have been like ignoring Twitter and sending you direct mail. That got there a week after the... (laughs) The thought process was funny. It would have been like me going door to door going, we've got a grassroots campaign. We're going to knock on doors and see where this goes. Right. (laughs) For a national campaign. We've all done dumb things. All of us. Learn from it. Share it. Don't forget it. Look, where did it go wrong? Where could it have gone better? What could I have done differently? And share. You know, when we were cavemen, you know what we did? We did shared. Share. No, yes, you, we did. We painted the saber toothed tiger eating our brother at the lake so that other generations knew hmm, when you're at the lake, saber toothed tiger, gotta be careful, big animals who like to eat stuff. We shared those experiences so others didn't become a meal for the cat in the Flintstones. Right. And on that bombshell, that is concludes another episode of Fireproof Your Finances. We are your hosts, Michael and Vanessa. It's always a pleasure. God bless. This has been Fireproof Your Finances with Michael and Vanessa Markey. Want to listen to past shows or get in touch with Michael or Vanessa? Head over to twitter.com slash fireproofshow or go to fireproofradio.net. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Mike Markey and Legacy Financial Network are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency.